Hello and welcome to the Right Live Talk podcast with me, Kane. It's very nice to be back and today we're going to try something a little bit different. We'll be actually reviewing the new Star Wars film, Star Wars The Last Jedi, written and directed by Ryan Johnson. I just watched it last night in IMAX 3D. I was uh, with some family members and I was really excited before the movie. I was even super pumped up after the movie to start talking to people about it and get their opinions on the way this uh, this trilogy and this particularly this movie is taking and, and will take in the future. Uh, but this will be a spoiler review, so if you have not seen the movie, please don't go any further. I made a horrible mistake last night where I said something on the way down uh, after the movie on an escalator and somebody overheard and I think I might have ruined it for them. I'm a horrible person. I prayed to the movie gods to apologize. I'm really sorry to that guy. But it was just one guy. I know, but I'm sorry. <laughs> so yes, don't go any further, please, if you haven't seen it. But let's get straight into it, uh, to the movie itself and what I personally thought. Um, I am a pretty, I wouldn't say I'm a super, super hardcore Star Wars fan, um, but I'm pretty big. I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan. I know the lore. I know the technology. I know... Um, the, the journeys of these characters uh, in canon and also outside in terms of the novels and so forth. Uh, but I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was fantastic. I, I, I thought that it took risks and twists and turns that just came straight out the blue and I, I couldn't predict what would happen next. And for me, that's the hallmark of a great film. If you are on the edge of your seat, just expecting and wondering where this filmmaker is going to take you next um, and where the story will take you next. So um, I, I give full props to Ryan Johnson and, and for the team over at, at Disney and uh, Lucasfilm for taking a risk on this film because just like the trailer says when Luke Skywalker says this is not going to go the way you think, that's absolutely right. It does not go the way you think. Uh, you can have 101 different Star Wars theories about who these characters are and what they're going to do, but I'm pretty sure at least maybe 80% of this film you're not going to expect. And that's great because a lot of blockbusters these days and tentpole films are a kind of cookie cutter and they follow a formula and they're very afraid to take risks. Um, I'm, you know, in my view, you know, Justice League and to an extent some of the Marvel films as well and they don't do that, they, they, they keep to a pretty standard formula. But this, this movie, wow, they did some crazy things. Um, and let's, let's just talk about them first uh, and the general story uh, of the movie. We pick up with Rey, uh, who's on this uh, mysterious island to find Luke Skywalker, uh, a legend that's really hiding in this world and doesn't really want to talk to anybody. Uh, and it's pretty mysterious at the beginning why he's like that, why he's turned into a hobbit that doesn't want to communicate and doesn't want to be a part of the rest of the universe. He essentially wants to be hidden um, and Ray also can't understand why he doesn't want to, to help to bring peace um, and defeat the, the First Order. Um, so that's, that's probably, the, I would say, probably the A storyline, the, the main, uh, supposedly the main one. Uh, and then we have another storyline with Princess Leia and Poe, Finn and Rose who are trying to, um, uh, the First Order are essentially hunting them down and they have this goal to um, outrun them and, and, and escape and survive. Uh, Finn and Rose, uh, Poe then sends Finn and Rose on this mission to find a codebreaker 
uh, on this uh, place called Kanto Bite, which is kind of like a casino type world. And they have to find a code breaker, and then the code breaker will give them um, the ability to, uh, you know, to uh, transport onto the first order order's ship so that they, they can't track them. Um, so yeah, that, that one gets a bit murky. I'll talk a little bit about that later, but the, that storyline, while very intriguing and at the same time it deepens all of the characters in, in unique ways, it didn't really hit that well for me. I, I thought it was it was okay, but it wasn't something that I was I was super excited by throughout the whole film. I still think that the core of this movie was, was Rey, um, it was Kylo Ren, it was uh, Luke Skywalker. Uh, coming together and uh, realizing, like they say in the trailer, their destiny and what's going to happen next. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. I, I would probably give it like a eight or a nine out of ten. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it was it was really great. So let's get into some specifics now. Uh, things that I loved, things that I didn't like, uh, and why. Um, I think I'll probably start with the things that I really, really did enjoy. And as I mentioned before, uh, Ray's relationship with Kylo Ren, the bond that they have in this film, um, a very mysterious bond that kind of traverses the whole universe. I loved that. I thought it was, it was unique. Um, it bonded them and it showed the force in ways that we haven't seen it before. Uh, and so there were times where I, I was was flawed because, um, uh, especially one particular moment when you know Ray's on on the island and it's raining, and Kylo is uh, on his starship and they start talking uh, telepathically using the Force, and then we realize that Kylo can feel where she is, and literally there's a shot of the rainwater on his glove. That, uh, I have to say, I'm not sure whether it's, it's part of what the Force can do in, in the extended universe or, you know, the books or the games. But um, I, that, we haven't seen that before and I, I felt that was a way to expand what the Force can do. Um, uh, and I think that kind of tied in well to, 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 to Luke's story as well. Because there is a part in the movie where, you know, Ray says that he's blocked himself off from feeling um, from... Uh, from tapping into the force because of his guilt uh, that he's experiencing um, for losing Ben Solo. Um, and I thought that dynamic between the three of them worked really, really well. I, I felt so strongly for, for Luke Skywalker. I felt, I felt his pain, I felt his sense of loss, I felt his conflicted um, soul uh, throughout the movie. And it was played brilliantly by, by Mark Hamill. I, I think he, he held it down really, really well. Um, and I, I think you can't really be disappointed as a Star Wars fan to see more of Luke Skywalker. Whether you don't agree with the choices that the character made or, or the truth about why he, uh, you know, there was a moment, of course, I think it was a little bit controversial where they seemed to imply that Luke wanted to kill uh, Kylo Ren or, you know, Ben Solo at that time. And he looks kind of evil. He looks almost like he's a, he's a Sith at that point. Um, but then they, you know, bring it back with another flashback to imply that he was just, you know, he didn't want to kill him. Um, he was, he was again conflicted and struggling with the decision. He saw the dark side in him, and he just felt like a failure. Um, and then uh, Ben Solo attacked him, and that's why the Jedi Temple was burned down, and why he doesn't want to come back to the universe. And it's really just in a, in rooted in a sense of shame. Um, that came across really, really well. So I loved that so much. Um, I liked, you know, new characters that were introduced. Uh, I got to say, the the character of Rose, 
I, I liked her from the get-go. She's kind of like the sister of a resistance fighter who, who dies in the opening uh, action sequence. Really, really liked her. Uh, I, th I, I thought that her relationship with Finn was, was interesting. I hope to see more of that. Um, and she had a little bit of, of heart to her, a little bit of soul, you know, in the middle of all this, this, this war and the action and pose, kind of hot-headedness. Um, so I, I, I do want to see much more of the character of Rose. Um, and then, you know, there's a few other characters too. There's, you know, Bildicio del Toro plays this codebreaker called uh, DJ. Laura Dern's character is also quite interesting. She's a kind of an admiral that, you know, clashes with Poe. Um, and then, of course, you have Princess Leia, uh, played by the late Carrie Fisher. Wonderful, wonderful stuff from her. Um, and also, in terms of the character itself, Princess Leia, I mean, we've always known that she is a Force user. She's not necessarily a Jedi, but she can use the Force. I think in um, Empire Strikes Back, Luke calls out to her and she can, you know, pick up on his thoughts. Um, but, yeah, she uses the Force in this, which was really, really surprising, and she kind of goes not flies but floats through space it, it makes sense to me because you know obviously um, if you use the force you can levitate objects so why not levitate yourself that makes sense um, and she saves herself during an explosion on her ship uh, and she survives so fantastic stuff from her too uh, and then you have you know other side characters too BB-8 is great um, we have Yoda too. I don't wanna. We'll talk about Yoda in a sh shortly. But the Yoda little cameo, uh, wonderful. Brought such a, a smile to my face and to many people in the audience. Uh, and for the way it was done, it was it was interesting. Um, and lastly, probably Porgs. Porgs people are gonna hate it or love it. I didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought I thought they were interesting and little you know little critters. Obviously to sell toys, but I, I did enjoy them too. So yeah, there's, there's, there's a few of the things that I really, really did enjoy. Uh, but I think the main thing that I took away from this film that I loved was that I just couldn't, I couldn't, ex I couldn't predict what would happen next. And there is a few moments in this film that really uh, floored me and made me realize that exactly like how Luke <laughs> says in the trailer, uh, this is going to go in a really interesting direction. Um, it's not trying to appease the fans. It's not trying to make uh, make them angry either. But it's it's going in a direction that I think is redefining um, what these characters are and the world itself. Uh, which I, which is exciting to me. I, I kind of feel that as a as a storyteller myself, um, it's it's the way to go because not only are you taking all these theories and you're just putting it to one side, and you're deciding that really the characters are the focus, right? So every choice in this film I felt was justified because it deepened who they were, it complicated things further, um, and made it kind of a richer storytelling experience because of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the most surprising for me, and this is the, the, the huge thing, I'm not sure whether many people like this, but uh, Snoke, who is Supreme Leader Snoke, the leader of the First Order, he, he dies in this film, like Kylo kills him with a lightsaber, and you think for a moment that we're going to have this kind of, um, you know, Empire Strikes Back or the, you know, the Return of the Jedi kind of scene where you have this emperor and he's trying to seduce, uh, you know, the uh, Rey or you know trying to get uh, Kylo Ren or so. Uh, but no, um, the, the, it goes in a totally different direction. Kylo kills Snoke, and then him and Rey then fight these uh, Predatorian guards. I think they're called. 
very samurai uh, influence. Um, I really enjoyed that fight sequence. I think I think it's probably one of the strongest lightsaber fights I personally feel um, was has been put to film in the Star Wars uh, canon and the Star Wars franchise. Um, really exciting, but you know, oh my goodness, just the way they look and the background and everything was burning and they kind of were like pushing off each other, something we've never seen before. Um, yeah, we had lightsaber battles in, in, the, uh, in the previous prequels, but never with this much brutality or this much surprise or this much intensity. And so really well done. I thought that was the, that that scene really uh, uh, brought out the excitement in, in me. I felt like a child as I was watching it. I thought, yes, this is this feels like Star Wars to me. Um, so yes, I, I enjoyed that so much, and so much suspense too. I, I think overall the whole movie has so many suspenseful moments. You know, if it wasn't uh, you know Kylo Ren deciding to to kill Snoke or to you know to be on the good side or in, in the light side or the dark side, it was you know. The Leia uh, storyline, where we were not sure what happened to her when you know there was an explosion on her ship, um, or there was moments when uh, we thought that Finn would die too. At the end of the movie, he kind of it seems to imply that he wanted to commit his sacrifice his life to destroy this cannon that was blasting the, the resistance uh, base. But yeah, I mean, so many moments where I was just like, oh, oh I can't believe what's going to happen next, uh, and, and done really, really well. So Ryan Johnson, I, I think he put a real great stamp of, of his own personal style on this film, and I can't fault him for that. Um, uh, but, at, you know, at the same time, there, there was definitely a lot of Star Warsian moments that were impressive, too. I think for me, the one that stood out was probably the Yoda scene with, with Luke. Uh, brought a smile to my face. Uh, the brilliant thing about the treatment of that whole scene was that it was kind of a the puppet Yoda. It wasn't the CGI version in the prequels. It was the puppet. And we got the crazy Yoda who just, you know, knocks him over the head and tells him about failure. And, um, you know, I think there's even a joke there where, you know, Luke is, he wants to burn the, the Jedi um, scrolls and scriptures. And uh, he eventually does, and, and Yoda just tells him, you know, a page turner, they were not, you know, <laughs> just, just don't worry about it, burn it. Um, so I, I thought that was brilliant because the whole movie was, was about that. It was about Luke struggling to, to erase the past um, and Yoda pretty much being the wise soul that telling him that, yeah, let's just, just burn it. You know, like, it, it's not about us, it's about the people that we mentor, the future leaders. And raised is the future, and uh, I thought it was a fantastic scene. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, let's move on then to things I didn't like, things that I thought could be uh, a little bit better. Um, of course, with these kind of films, I, you know, I, I think of it as a screenwriter as well, and I'm like, it's really hard to to juggle all of these plot points and and and, and scenes and action movies and you know expectations. But so yeah, um, let's talk about things I didn't like. Firstly, I thought that the whole second act sequence on Canto Bight, which is kind of like this casino planet where Finn and Rose are tasked by Poe to go find this code breaker. I didn't think it was an awful sequence, I just thought it was a little bit uninspiring. I, I thought that um, it just looked like a casino planet. I, I thought that it wasn't much different from an Earth casino. In fact, I, I kind of thought some of the visuals and the settings in the prequels were better than this. Like the, the way they conveyed an, an alien world and, and how all the different species and creatures were there and they're using high-tech te high, uh, high technology to 
you know, to, to play games or to gamble or to whatever. I honestly thought that it would be kind of like a, a new cantina, you know, scene on in Tatooine. I thought it would, I would, it would be like a, a a scene that you know kids would buy, you know, <laughs> toys of. I thought it would be a scene that would be, you know, you know, mimicked and in sketches and, and stuff like that. But it really wasn't. It was just a casino, and I didn't think it was very inspiring that whole that whole sequence. And then you know, there's this Finn and Rose thing with. There's a part in in that sequence where they're trying to find the code breaker, and they're looking down and they see these kind of horse, this horse racing alien horses, and they're being abused by their owners. And there's some kids there. I understand why it was there because it ties into the ending, but at that moment in time, I, I thought, what was the point in, in in this? And I still think it was it was a major plot point, but it wasn't very important,、um, especially those horses. Although I thought they were adorable, the way they They were conveyed these giant horses with really, really big floppy ears. Amazing. Will make great toys, but for the movie, I thought it kind of dragged.、Um, and I thought that the chase sequence through、uh, Canto Bites was a little bit iffy. The visual effects for me could have been better. There wasn't any moment during that sequence where I was like, "Oh my God, they're truly in danger." I, I you know, for me, it was a bit blare.、Um, And then later, when they are apprehended, they're in jail, and they meet Ben Dicio del Toro's character, DJ, who's a codebreaker. And you know, I gotta be honest, I didn't understand much of what he said. I really have trouble、uh, isolating what he's saying、uh, most of the time. I don't know. It was the treatment of the character. He was a little bit stuttery.、Um, I didn't hate him. I didn't love him either. Uh, I, I I just thought that he was just just your your typical kind of uh, snake uh, shadow character where you're not sure where his allegiances are.、It、didn't really bring much to the film,、um, and I, I don't see people really liking him that much or saying you know that was my favorite character in the Last Jedi.、Uh, I felt more could have been done、uh, with that,、um, but yes,、uh, especially、uh, Act Two that it kind of dragged a little bit for me. I, I would have preferred if they if they focused more on Rey, Kylo, and Luke. Or even just extended some some of the training sequences to show Luke actually hand、uh, teaching Rey how to use a lightsaber in a new way, how to master her abilities. Because we don't really get to see much of that. We we just really get to see one or two instances. I think when Rey is even fighting, training with the lightsaber, Luke's kind of just watching her from from afar. He's not guiding her. He's not teaching her. He's not doing any of that.、Uh, which is maybe what Ryan Johnson wanted to. To to express and and to show that he's that's the kind of character he, he is now.、Um, but yeah, I, I I thought that there was much more to explore there、uh, with Ray and Luke that maybe we didn't see. There was also this whole sequence on、uh, the island with this mysterious hole, which calls to Ray, and it's kind of like covered in these black weeds,、uh, this tentacle-like、uh, seaweed. And when she goes in there, she enters this kind of strange world. Uh, where she sees her reflection, and it's kind of like extended towards the horizon. There's like a a million of her, and that was pretty cool. I like the visuals in that.、Uh, I was le- left thinking, what the hell was that? Like, why was it calling to her? Where was she? What was talking to her? Why did she ask it the question? Like, what who her parents were? Yeah, I really wanted some answers to that. My interpretation of it was that it was some sort of、uh, dark side. Influenced、uh, parallel world of some sort. Like if this was kind of like the Jed, the first Jedi temple,、um, I can imagine that some of these Jedi 
resorted to hiding underground and creating their own little you know base and that was the entrance to it and that's really pretty much what the beginning of the Sith or where they you know rose from uh, was underground and in this kind of like cavernous uh, dark world so I'm not I'm not really sure what that meant but um, I did it, did it left some questions in my head uh, but not bad so yeah, and then I, I think last but not least, for me, just, there was just some minor things that, that I, I, I felt could have been strengthened or a little bit better. Snoke overall, he was alright. Uh, I thought Andy Serkis is, I love Andy Serkis, I think he, he was brilliant. He's brilliant in everything that he's in. Um, he didn't get an, enough screen time here, uh, I think, as Snoke. And I do think the Snoke visual effects, the way he looked for me, just looked like an old man, a tall old man. So it wasn't very scary for me, it wasn't very anything, it was just okay. Which I felt for like a movie like Star Wars is, is kind of not good enough. Um, I don't mind him dying, honestly. I, I thought that came out of left field, didn't expect that, loved it in a way. But I, I felt more could have been done with Snoke. And I just felt for such a big movie with so much budget behind it, he could have looked a little bit better. I, I don't know, it just felt a little bit plasticky. The eyes looked really great. I think. Visual effects, especially with ILM, they've mastered the eyes, but the rest of it for me didn't feel as imposing or as scary or as um, or evil as I thought. Uh, to be honest, at one point I even suspected that he wasn't a Sith because of the way his eyes were conveyed. It was, you know, blue. Um, so I, I thought there was some sort of storyline there where he was, he was, you know, the first Jedi. I thought that was that was the idea, but but no, it was pretty much left the way it was and. He died, and, and, and then we got this brilliant action sequence with Rey and, uh, and Kylo Ren versus the, the guards. I thought that was a stand-up for me, so I'm, I'm totally okay with it. Um, the last 45 minutes of this film, fantastic. Brilliant. I, I, I don't really want to see... Uh, I, I don't expect any changes. I'm, I'm glad that they didn't, you know... Uh, uh, I think I'm glad that they took risks, so that was set up. Then that last 45 minutes was just ex really, really explosive and emotional. Um, and especially the Luke appearance at the end. I think the only thing with that is I really enjoyed it when the there was a part where all the uh, with the kind of like 80 uh, kind of machines are, are firing on Luke and he's kind of trying to protect the the base on this planet. Uh, and then you know they blast him and then he walks out and he brushes off his shoulder. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, and then Kylo Ren goes down to meet him and they have kind of like a lightsaber duel. But not really. Um, and then we, we suddenly realized that uh, Luke is projecting himself from across the galaxy. I thought that was an interesting concept. It was it was it was a new way of showing the force. We haven't seen Luke Dana, we haven't seen pretty much anyone do that, I think. Um, but I was I did feel a little bit let down. I would I would love to have seen him really there and like fighting. Um, there are some little things that kinda you know I, I thought little tidbits which were nice, like when he appeared before Leia and, and the and especially Kylo Ren in that last act, he looks like a younger version of himself. I, I don't know whether what they did, but they almost cut his hair and they made it seem like he was projecting his younger self onto Kylo, maybe to get into his head. And also at the same time, when he walked out, he left no, no footprints on, this, on, this, on the salt uh, of this planet. When Kylo walks out, you see that he, you know, he, he leaves a track, but, but this character doesn't. So there's little subtle hints in there, visual hints, which were, were really great, and, and I think that Ryan Johnson, um, had, that, that was a great idea to, to have that. But I just felt a, a little let down. I, I really wanted to see Luke go head-to-head -head, 
Um, I know, I understand Mark Hamill's getting a bit older now, maybe he can't, but uh, I guess this was the best that he, you know, we, we, could, we could get right now. And then he just fades away, you know, Luke Skywalker, he, I think he gives himself up to the Force at the end and with the sunset, uh, he looks so much like a new hope and, and it was kind of beautiful, but also it left a big question mark. Um, will he come back? Will he will he return? Will he come come back as the living force, as like a, a vision, a little bit like Yoda did? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure where they're going to take him. Um, but yeah, other than that, like I uh, I think overall, I, as I said before, I, I give this movie a solid eight or a nine. Um, not many movies these days surprise me. Um, I, I kind of felt there were shades of even like a movie like Iron Man three, where they kind of the Mandarin character was a, a ruse. I enjoyed that twist personally because I didn't expect it. I, I thought they, they set it they set it up one way and then they changed it and they presented it another way. Um, so this was a way of not only deepening the lore of Star Wars and the characters and, and the Force, but really setting up some interesting questions into what's going to happen in the next movie. Um, and it might involve these kids that we see at the end of the film who are Force sensitive. I'm not too sure. Um, that that thing to me is the question mark. I, I, I'm just going to leave it to the filmmakers, and, and hopefully um, we'll see a new incarnation of it in the next in the next movie. So that's pretty much it. Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Go catch it. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I, I think it's a great addition uh, to the the whole of the Star Wars franchise. I really really enjoyed it more than The Force Awakens personally. I think it's up there with some of the original films. Um, maybe Empire Strikes Back and, and Star Wars and New Hope is definitely up there for me. I don't know about you. I would say don't go to this movie with too many preconceived notions of what the way it should go. I think a lot of fans are getting a little bit uh, angry because what they thought was a theory wasn't actually a theory and they felt let down. And for me, that's just a symptom of social media, of people creating videos and content, trying to guess what the storyline is going to be before it actually comes out. And when it doesn't go that way, they feel a sense of disappointment. But I, you know, I can't, as a, as a writer myself, I can't fault uh, Ryan Johnson for going in a totally new direction, a way that not many people would expect, and at the same time, a way that deepens the characters and puts them in more danger um, and in, uh, thrust them into a, a different light so that we can explore where they, they will head in the next movie. So I have no idea where it's going to go. I, I think there's definitely Kylo now is going to be the head of these, uh, the, the First Order and he's going to be a very different leader than uh, the Supreme Leader Snoke. He's a little bit more unhinged, he's a little bit, a little bit more wrathful, he's a little bit more um, frenetic and he makes decisions uh, really, really quickly. Um, so I, 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 I'm going to watch that and it's going to be really interesting to see how he evolves as a leader. At the same time, Rey, I think we seem to imply that she may you know, lead the next Order of Jedi, maybe? Uh, she, she has one of the books from the Jedi Order. I think she, we, we see it in the last, uh, on the ship, that she took one book away. So she may train the next uh, generation. And of course, we see the next generation in this film, these three characters on Canto Bai, these three kids. Uh, and it seems very visually, we, we seem to imply that they are going, they may be Jedi too. At the same time, it might, it might just be Ryan Johnson creating his own trilogy, which I've heard about. Um, I don't know. If that's the case, then I think that's a little bit of a cop-out for this film. I, I don't know. I, wouldn't, I don't think I would like it as much as if they were to just pick it, pick it up on the next film and, and see where it leads. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, really enjoyed this film. 
Um, I think for Blockbuster to surprise me is a great feat. Uh, I think the money's on the screen. You see things you've never seen before. You'll be thrilled. You'll definitely laugh. It's really, really funny. There are some moments in there where, uh, especially with Luke and the Porks and you know uh, some of the back and forth banter, it really makes it, it really put a smile on my face. Uh, and it was a really great take on these characters. And Star Wars can be funny. You know, there are some really great uh, comedic moments in the movie. Um, in the first movie in Star Wars A New Hope as well with, with Han Solo and um, this, this, this proves that it can be funny and not actually be corny uh, I, I, some people may interpret it as corny because it's very subjective but uh, I, I felt it wasn't corny it didn't go over that line uh, so go catch it if you can and uh, let me know your thoughts you know comment uh, talk to me uh, send your review even uh, I'd love to hear from you and thanks again for joining me for this podcast. Uh, you can find me on my website, www.kanewholder.com. Have a great Christmas, and thank you again for listening. <laughs>